Roshana Paragimel Mishnah Ches 3.8 and the last of the Perik and the Mishnah will for a moment here go in what seems to be a non sequitur. We're going to have a bit of a garata here. Um, the connection is going to be, as I'll explain later on again, um, the issue of kavana and proper attitudes towards prayer and submission in prayer, which was the theme earlier on the Perik. Here the Mishnah is starting out by with a verse and the verse is referring to the scene in which the Jews were waging war with Amalek. This is back in Shmos, Perak Zion. And the Mishnah says, excuse me, the, the verse there in the Pasuk says, Vayakasher yarim Moshe yado. And it was when Moshe would raise his hands, v'gavar Yisrael. That's when the Jews would be having the upper hand and succeeding in their fight with Amalek. And the Pasuk also says, v'chasher yaniach yado. When he lowered his hands, v'gavar Amalek then a Amalek would have the upper hand, uh, no pun intended, and be, you know, on winning the battle. So the setup here again is that Moshe is up on a, on a hill. His arms are being raised in the air. He's getting help from Yoshua and Chur. And, um, excuse me, excuse me, Aaron and Chur, I should say. Yoshua was waging the battle down below, but Aaron and Chur were holding his arms up. And, the Pasuk says that his hands being up or down is what defined whether they were winning or losing the war. So the Mishnah says, shal Moshe osos milchama. So wait a second. Ha- Moshe's hands up on the hilltop, are they waging the war? Oshovros milchama? Are they losing the war? It just doesn't make sense. The war is being fought down below on the bottom by Yeshua and the Jews, the soldiers. The Pasuk is coming to tell you, Whenever the Jews were looking heavenward, excuse me, and they submitted their heart to their Father in Heaven, they are mindful that although down here on planet Earth they're waging war, and of course they have to do Heshtalus, they're, they're soldiers waging war, but they understand that the source of all success and failure is Hashem, and they put their hearts in Hashem's hands, so to speak, so then Hayu Misgavram, then they would be succeeding, because the Hashem, who is the source of all, is the one who decides what happens. V'imlav, however, they continued to fight, but didn't um, put their faith in Hashem, and understanding that Hashem was the one who was doing what they, what they were doing, Hayu Noflin, then they would fail. There's an interesting mechilta here, that's the halachic midrash on Shemos, um, which says it a little more sharply. It says, Whenever Moshe would raise his hands, heavenward, the Jews would look at him, and they would have trust, faith, in the one who commanded Moshe to do so, meaning to Hashem. And therefore Hashem did miracles for them and and uh, fought their war on their behalf, gave them strength. Okay, so that's the first case that the Mishnah brings in terms of the importance, the centrality of, of one having, you know, behind the scenes, Understanding behind the scenes is the Shem running the show. The same way, this is now my understanding of the connection, the same way in the previous mission we had two different people doing the exact same act at the same time, listening to Shofar, but one is Yotze, one isn't Yotze, because of what matters what's going inside of his head and heart. So too, 
Jews be waging war with the Malik, and the actions happening against the success or failure is predicated on what's going on inside their heads, inside their hearts, if they're putting their faith in Hashem. And similarly, the Mishnah gives a second case, a different, very similar case. Ata um, Omer, you will say, and now this is referring to in Bamidbar, after Jews once again complained about the lack of food and water, and Hashem sent these um, these like serpents to attack the Jewish people, and they were dying. And then Hashem um, said to Moshe that he should make um, a nachash and a choshes, this like this uh, copper snake. It's like a symbol of a snake. It's a copper, you know, a statue of a snake, if you will, and put it on a on a, like a stick and hold it up. And it says, as we'll see in the Mishnah here, that um, I'll, I'll read inside. In fact, he said, "Os suraf." Hashem said to Moshe, "Make for yourself this like a copper nuchushtan." It's referred to in the in the Navi. This copper snake, v'simoso al nes. Put it on a like a like, like a flagpole, like on a, on a big stick. V'haya, and will be kol hanoshuch v'raoso v'chai. Everyone who was bitten by the snake and looks at your metal snake, he'll live. Now the Mishnah asks, v'chinachash meimis o nachash mechaya. Uh, does that copper snake kill people, or does it resuscitate people? How, how is looking at the copper snake and make people live or die? Ella, rather, says the Mishnah, When the Jews would look heavenward, the high pole looking up, and they remind themselves, And they subjugated their hearts to their Father in heaven, then they would be healed. But if they didn't, be mindful of the fact that Hashem is the source of all, and their well-being and healing depends exclusively on Him. Hayunimokin, then they would kind of waste away. Now, again, I'll quote the Mechelti, which sharpens this issue. It's, it says, "Kozman shaya osa kain hayisrael mistaklin umaminin b'misha pakaras Moshe." Excuse me. Yeah, that's what, that is the Mechelti exactly. Kozman shaya osa kain. Whenever they did that, they would look heavenward. And they um, would have faith in in uh, the one who commanded Moshe to do so. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu would heal them. Um, the, the, uh, the Gemara itself has like another facet to this. It talks about the story about um, Hanina Mendoza, who would, there was some snake killing people in town, and he was taken to the snake's pit, and he stuck his foot in, and the snake bit him, and the snake died. And his message was that it's not the snake that kills, Ein arod memis it's not snakes that kill, but sin that kills. So the Gemara sharpens the point here and says uh, on that theme that it's not even the snake bite that's killing a person. Um, rather, the snake bite is just the agent of Hashem to carry out the consequences of, of what Hashem wanted to create upon them because of their attitude towards Hashem. And therefore, it's not that the snake is the snake that's killing, um, but rather it's Hashem that's doing the killing, and th- what things depend upon is people's relationship with Hashem per se. Now, again, the connection I'm suggesting um, for this part of the Mishnah is as I'm repeating myself really, 
you see Kavana matters, you see p- people's posture and tefillah matters. Um, there are two cases here. Um, the Tferis Rol suggests that the issue here is that there are two different areas. The same way in in Hal we say Ana Hashem Hoshiana and Ana Hashem Hotzlicha now. We ask um, for Hashem to not just Hoshia to be save us, but also to um, to give us success. So there, those are really the two issues at play over here. In the first part of the Mishnah, the Jews are turning to Hashem to give them Hatzlacha in their war against the Malik. And in the second part of the Mishnah, they're asking for Hatzala, for being saved from the the plague of these these uh, these serpents. And so the point of the Mishnah is that if one is looking for either Hatzala or Hatzlacha, the address to which one must turn is Hashem, their Father in Heaven. Now, as the Mishnah wraps up, and the Mishnah of the Perak, we have returned to our previous topic of Kavana and being Motzi people. The Mishnah here says, Cheresh Shota Vakatan. Ein Motzi'in es harab chovasan. The Cheresh, which normally means the deaf mute, someone who can neither hear nor speak. Although in this case, um, the simple understanding would be that he's even someone who just can't hear, even if he could have previously spoken, or could speak now for that matter, um, and therefore he has das, <coughs> even even so, um, the cherish is exempt from the mitzvah of hearing the shofar because he can't hear. The shota, mentally incompetent, doesn't necessarily mean someone who is stupid, um, but it means someone who doesn't understand the consequence of their actions. You give him something of value, he destroys it, he doesn't take care of himself at night, walking through the streets, sleeping in graveyards, it's uh, that kind of thing. So that's the Shota, who's you know detached from reality, and therefore he also doesn't have Das, therefore he's exempt from mitzvahs. And the Katan, this is any minor, even someone who's had reached the age of Chinuch, but if he hasn't reached full-fledged Bar Mitzvah, full-fledged bar mitzvah um, he's exempt, he's not Chayv yet, Midor So those people can't be Motzi other people. The Mishir says, in Motzi in Esarab, they can't blow Shofar on behalf of the masses, that word rabim masses is really um, lavdafka, it's a red herring, doesn't mean the masses, they can't be motzi anybody, even individuals, uh, since they themselves are exempt. And therefore, as the Mishra will end up by saying, zehaklal is a basic principle. Kol badavar, anybody who's not obligated in a given matter, eno motzi esarabim is unable to be motzi, um, fulfill, other people's, fulfill other people's obligations, um, through them. So here the case, these people, the Cheresh Shot of Akatan, since they don't have the mitzvah of hearing the shofar, they can't blow shofar and help other people to fulfill their mitzvah. Um, just to point on this, the mechanism by which a person who is motzi, another person, um, is through the principle of arvus, call Yisrael Arevim Zebazeh, Every Jew stands as an Arab, as a, like a guarantor. Their obligation from the of Mu'urav is commingled. Um, so much so that, so to speak, if a person heard the shofar and then he dies and goes to heaven, um, when he walks in, they'll say, look at this guy. He didn't, he didn't do the mitzvah of shofar. And he'll say, what are you talking about? Of course, I just did it five minutes ago before I died. They'll say, yeah, but, you know, that's you. But what about the rest of Kalei Yisrael? They didn't hear their shofar. And he'll be lacking his mitzvah. Um, much the same way in Arav, a guarantor and a loan, you know, if I lend you $100 and you have your friend to be the guarantor, if you default, I come to him for the money as a guarantor. So every Jew is a guarantor for his fellow. And therefore, you know, if you are, um, 
even if you are a person, even if a person is an Ovid Meira, serves God out of fear of missing out, he wants to go to heaven, he's a mercenary. Even such a person should make it his business to help his fellow Jew fulfill their mitzvahs, not necessarily because of and not because of and not because of and all the other great reasons why a Jew should help his fellow Jew to fulfill mitzvahs, but even just purely out of his own self-interest because of the principle of Arvis, if your fellow Jew hasn't done his mitzvahs, neither have you, and uh, that's not acceptable. So the point is, a person is only an Arv if he also is obligated along with his fellow Jew, and since in this case the Cherishot of Akatan aren't obligated in mitzvahs, they'll be not Mu'rav, they're not Arvim, Ravim, they're not uh, uh, guarantors for their fellow Jew. Um, just an important well, caveat here before I sign off on this Mishnah is that if a person is, um, he has an obligation for a mitzvah, but he himself has fulfilled the obligation, in the context of our Mishnah here, he still is Muchuyev. In other words, it's true, like say, let's just keep a simple example. Okay, blowing shofar. So if I heard shofar already, I've ticked my box, that doesn't mean I can't blow shofar for use. Because even though I'm no longer mechiv as much as, yes, I'm yoti, my obligation of blowing shofar, of hearing shofar, because I did it, this Rosh Hashanah, but I am a bar chiv. I'm the kind of, I'm in the category of those who are obligated to hear shofar. And therefore, even though I blew, heard shofar or blew shofar, I can do it again for you because I'm still mechiv in the sense that I'm part of those people who are obligated in shofar hearing, um, even though I'm guilty, my particular obligation. Okay, and that's true for all mitzvahs that don't depend on your person. Obviously, I can't put on tefillin for you. Um, but I can make kiddush for you, and I can make kiddush for every person in cholesterol you know, 101 times if uh, until everyone has done their mitzvah, etc. Okay, with that, we finish the uh, third parak. And uh, we have one more to go, still on the mitzvah of shofar.